All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome back to Monday episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate the support. I hope everyone had a good week. I a weekend, excuse me. I had an average weekend, Tim. What about you? Anything exciting? Any stories you want to tell us? Your single life? Any hijinks no, to get up to? No hijinks. I saw a buddy I hadn't seen for like a year, so it was good to catch up with him, but no hijinks otherwise. Nothing. Hey, how boring. The weather's turning and starting to get sleet, not sleety, but rainy and cold. It's it's the worst time of year when the weather's like that. I don't mind fall if it's not rainy. Boy, it was a rainy yesterday. This got in a funk. But anyways, I'm not in funk anymore because we get to talk about hockey, Tim. What a beautiful day it is whenever you get to talk about hockey. And that is our life. That is our job, Tim. That's our profession. We're professional podcasters. And today we get to talk about predictions. Predictions for the NHL, predictions for the upcoming season. But before that, there was some news that dropped last week. There was a group of RFAs here in Michigan getting their work in, you know, having some camaraderie, going to Michigan football games, having a good time down there in Ann Arbor. Well, two of the three, the little three musketeers, the two of them decided, you know what? I'm going to get out of here. And Elias Pettersson and Quentin, not Quentin, sorry. What's his name? Quinn Hughes. Hughes. <laughs> I, now that we talked about his brother, I always mess up Jack and Quinn. I always like think I'm saying the wrong brother's names. There's too many brothers in this league. But anyways, yeah, so Hughes and Pedersen signed. As expected, they signed at the same time. I thought they were probably negotiating. They all had the same agent. So usually when an agent talks to a GM, they're just negotiating with lots of players at the same time. So the, the agent was trying to get both deals done at the same time, and they did. And they almost got identical deals money-wise. Hughes got a little bit more, which is a little surprising, but not too much. I think Hughes at this point is a more valuable player. He's a defenseman. He can move the puck. And they they got different deals. So Pedersen signed three years, 7.35. Hughes signed six years, 7.85. What was your initial reaction to this deal, Tim? I know we talked about it before in the podcast. We kind of compared it to other players, where they what they deserve, what they should get. Where do you think they're going to get? What, what did you think when you saw these numbers come out? Uh, I think Hughes, first of all, I thought he would sign for more. I mean, the term is great, but like they're, they're ab- among that group of young defensemen we talked about, like the Heiskanen's, Makars, Fox, like all those guys, he's making less than all of them. And he puts up more points than almost all of them too. So it's kind of funny that he's making like a million, million and a half less than these guys, um, which was surprising. He's got the term. So he's, I mean, I'm sure he's not, you know, he's not upset about the money that he's making for the next six years, but that surprised me too. And the other thing that struck out to me was that Pedersen signed for only half the length of Hughes. Like, what does that mean for the player? What does that mean for the team? Why did that deal only go for three years and Hughes went for six? Well, it is interesting. I don't know why Pedersen only signed for three. You would think he would want to sign for a longer term deal because now when he hits that three-year threshold, he still will be an RFA. Whereas when Quinn Hughes, when his deal's done in 26, 27, he's going to be UFA. So I don't know what the negotiations were like, but I know a lot of guys like these bridge deals and they can re-up again in the RFA and hopefully get an offer sheet potentially. But if I am Pedersen, I want to sign a six-year deal like Quinn Hughes does so I can hit UFA when I'm 27. Like Quinton Hughes, Quinton, I keep calling him Quinton. It's Quinn Hughes 
when his contract is up, he's going to be 27 years old in the prime of his career, and the money's going to be flowing into the NHL. We're still in COVID times where everyone's worried about the salary cap, and they're still trying to move things around and you know make everything fit. In 26-27, the anticipation is the ESPN deal will just be kicking into high gear. The game will be growing. It'll be super popular. And there's going to be a lot more money in the system to pay players. And if you're a 27-year-old puck-moving defenseman who has a few years under his belt, you're going to cash in. Like, it's cha-ching, cha-ching. So I don't know why Pedersen would short himself for a three-year deal. Maybe I'm not seeing something here, but if if I'm his agent, I'm hoping for a five or six year deal just to get me to that threshold where now I'm a UFA. I can talk to anybody I want and away we go. Cause he would be 28 years old at 26, 27. So I, I, I can't answer that question except that it, I think both of these deals are big wins for Vancouver. Unless the only reason Pedersen took a shorter term is if Vancouver said, listen, if we're going to give you a longer term, we're only going to give you 6 million bucks. $5 million because you haven't really produced or shown that you're at the same level as the Rantanens, the other guys we talked about in previous podcasts. And they said, you know what, if you want to get that big bucks, we'll renegotiate in three years. If you can show us that you're a consistent point per game guy, you can drive this team. You prove you want to be here. Then we'll, then we'll throw you the big six year contract and you can be our guy forever. And we'll, we'll give you that status. But right now we'll give you a little more money, a little shorter term. If you want the longer term, guess what? there's going to be a little less dollars and cents in the back end. So I'm, I'm sure they threw around all kinds of different contract possibilities. And this is where they ended up. I think Vancouver comes out looking pretty good after this deal. They get both guys locked up for three years. It solidifies their team. They can go and just play hockey now. And it, it's a great deal. You mentioned with Hughes, this is a great deal for Quentin Hughes. He gets locked up for six years, but man, the Vancouver Canucks, they really did come out smelling like roses in this because all the contracts that were getting thrown around this offseason, every one started with a nine in front of it, every single one. And all those guys, same skill set as Quinn Hughes, right? Smaller, puck-moving guys came around the same time, the Heiskanens, the McCars, the, the Jones you could throw in there. All of these guys are very similar type players. I don't know how you swing and a miss if you're Quinn Hughes and only gets seven. Not that it's a swing and a miss, but if you're only getting only, it's so strange to say that, but you, like you said, you're making a million and a half, two million bucks less than not two million, million and a half dollars less than these other guys who are your peers. You know, you're right up there with them. So we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully, you know, he, he can continue in his trajectory in Vancouver. They're going to be looking pretty good in two, three years when they have these two guys locked up in their primes, making a pretty good salary for them. So I like this. I like this for Vancouver. I like this for these guys. And now we can just start to really get all in on Vancouver because as we're going to see, the Pacific division is just a train wreck. And if you can put together a team like Vancouver has just put together, and they got these two guys under the fold, they're going to be a dangerous team. They, they could compete for the Western Conference title because like we will talk about in a few minutes, gosh, we, Tim and I were talking about before we came on air, the Western Conference is just a barren wasteland of just teams and no one wants to win. Like there's, there's really two teams that have a legit shot at winning the Stanley cup in the Eastern in the Western conference, excuse me. And maybe Vancouver can join that group. If they kind of revert back to the team, they were two years ago when they were so exciting and they made a big splash in the playoffs and this and that they made some moves. They got Connor Garland. They got Oliver, Oliver Ekman Larson. Maybe Tyler Myers can play a little better. Hominick said he's opting in this year, which is great. They, they have the pieces, you know, they, they just have to, for whatever reason, it didn't work last year. And, and hopefully they can figure that out because they have, when you look at them on paper tip, when you look at them top to bottom, they're a really good team. Like when you just look at the roster, Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, Miller, Garland, Pearson, Dickinson, Mott, Sutter, like they're Hoglander, Justin Bailey, who probably won't play this. We'll see how, if he plays, but they have a really good team. And then on the back end, they're a very dangerous offensively gifted back end team with uh, Hughes and Ekman Larson and Myers and Hominick. And then Tucker Pullman, they picked up from uh, Winnipeg this year. They, they have a very good team. So I don't know, maybe I'm overselling Vancouver, but I like what they've done with this roster. Jim Benning for as much junk as we throw at him, how he's, how is he still the GM of Vancouver, this and that he's done a pretty good job putting this team together without a legit superstar. They're a very good team. Don't you think? 
I do. And I think Vancouver being good is going to be good for hockey. We talked about this two years ago when they went on that little playoff run and I called them like one of the most likable, exciting teams in the league, just objectively, regardless of who you're rooting for, just the personalities, the talent, the stuff they're doing. I mean, Pedersen, you say he's not really a superstar yet and probably isn't, not consistently, but the stuff he does, he's flashy, he's talented, he's so quick and uh, he's creative on the ice too. He's making plays that some other guys don't think to make. So, yeah, I think watching them do well is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that they are in the playoffs this year. I hope they have a good season and they play up to the level that they're capable of. Yeah, they need to because the season is right around the corner, and you know what that means, Tim. When the season's right around the corner, fantasy hockey's right around the corner. And if you haven't signed up for Fantrex yet, the talk, clock is ticking. You have to get to Fantrex.com forward slash DTG to get in on this amazing deal that we're throwing you. Go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG to register and you could win an autographed Nathan McKinnon jersey signed legit the real deal. It's a beautiful jersey. I've seen it. So go there, sign up. Not only do you get a chance to win a jersey, you get to join the best fantasy platform out there. They'll transfer all of your other fantasy stuff over there from all the other platforms that are garbage. You can join Fantrax. They, they do everything. It's just a fantastic system. They have everything that Yahoo and ESPN and all those other platforms don't. So go check out their site. You know, if you don't believe me, just, just play around for a little bit. After you're done, sign up, use our promo code, win a free jersey. It's a win-win-win, and you will thank me later. So go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. All right, Tim, moving on. With the new season on us, you know, it's time for predictions. Last year... The last two years, I haven't done too well with predictions. My Stanley Cup champion prediction from both years did not even make the playoffs. Um, Two years ago, it was the New Jersey Devils. Last year, it was the New York Rangers. I love myself some New York. I love New York State. What can I say? I love the East Coast. Didn't happen. Um, so we'll see how this, you know, works this year. I, I am, I'm going to try my best to really nail down my predictions because I put a lot of thought into these. I don't know if you put thought in them. You're a flyby guy at night. You like to go out and booze it up and wake up right at the last minute and just, Oh no, we got a podcast. We're going to start with Vesna Tim. Last year, Marc-Andre Fleury won the Vezda, rightfully so. He led all the goaltenders and all the stats, the goals against the save percentage. He was a very good goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Who are you think? Okay, let's do this. We'll do the winner and the dark horse. Who do you have winning the Vezina this year, Tim? Uh, my prediction is Connor Hellebuck. He won two years ago for the first time. Um, I think he's just, I don't know, he's a workhorse between the pipes. I think, I think Winnipeg, you talk about these teams in the West not being good. I think you're overlooking Winnipeg Jets. I think they're going to be good this year. I don't know that they're not as strong as Vegas or Colorado, but I expect him to win a lot of games. I expect him to be, um, you know, among the league leaders in, in goals against save percentage, and he should have at least 30 to 40 wins. So, yeah, I think he's going to be uh, – he's my favorite to win the, the Vezina this year. Who do you got for a dark horse? A guy who maybe not anybody's thinking about. Obviously, Hellebuck's always in the conversation. He's always in the top five goaltenders you think of coming into this season. He gets a ton of starts, like you said. Who's a guy who maybe not everybody's thinking and can kind of maybe just steal this award from everybody, Tim? You know who I'm kind of watching this year is Darcy Ooh. Kemper. Ooh. Oh, Darcy. Darcy, yeah. So he's now the starting goalie for the Colorado Avalanche. If you think back to what Grubauer did last year, the numbers he put up, I think he led the league in shutouts. He was just like – he was top three in wins um, where he took like a – I mean, he's still a good goalie, but not a top five goalie, Grubauer. Um, maybe in the, he's in that 10 to 12 range. But when he's on a team like that with, with those – Players in front of them, you know, they had a huge year. So I look at that as an example of what's possible for Kemper. And I would argue Kemper's a better and more talented goalie than Grubauer. The knock on him is that he, he can't really stay healthy. He's missed a lot of time the last few years with injuries. So um, that's kind of the big question mark surrounding him. They have that, you know, Pavel Frank, who is right behind him, um, who's probably one of the better backups in the mm-hmm. league. So I think if Kemper can stay healthy, he's a dark horse to win the, uh, the Vezina. I love that. The saying dark horse. I just love it. There's a beer called dark horse. It's actually pretty good. It's a darker beer. Um, my predictions, Tim, and you know, there hasn't been a back-to-back Vesna winner in a while, you know, and you know, it's never happened a goaltender to win the Vesna to get traded and then win the Vesna again. So my prediction this year is Mark Andre Fleury, you know, nothing is harder to play against than a goalie with a little chip on his shoulder a little maybe grudge match. It's like a guy who just has to go out and prove it. And it's strange to say that a a surefire first ballot hall of famer has to prove something, but 
coming out of Vegas where he was unceremoniously dethroned by Robin Lanner, who he had no reason to do that because he, he was a great goaltender with Vegas. He just won the Vesna for Pete's sake last year. He gets shipped off, you know, salary cap is a real thing. You got to make the numbers work. Everybody understands that, but he's going to Chicago Blackhawks, a situation where they just revamped their defense. You know, they went from the heydays with Seabrook and Keith and Yalmerson and those guys. And now they, they're, they're, you know, icing a pretty legit, decor this year a couple new faces with jake mccabe and seth jones they got calvin nahan connor murphy is kind of a steady as she goes type defenseman they got seth jones's brother caleb so they have a pretty serviceable defense and their forwards are pretty responsible you know they have guys who can play the game the right way with kirby doc and jonathan taves pretty strong down the middle i like chicago's team this year they got tyler johnson from tampa bay they're they're going to be very good and with that being said you, you put that group of players with the Marc-Andre Fleury, who has proven it throughout his career, he is a winner. He knows how to win. He knows how to get the boys going. I like him. You know, he could be a dark horse pick, but he is my pick. I, I like Marc-Andre Fleury. I like Chicago. Everybody's sleeping on Chicago this year. And-, and I just see this team really doing a lot of good things. And he's my prediction. My dark horse now, on the other hand, you mentioned Colorado. You mentioned how good they were defensively. You mentioned all the great things Colorado does. And, oh, it wasn't Gruber, it wasn't Gruber, it wasn't Gruber. I'm picking him as my dark horse. He's going to a new franchise, the Seattle Kraken. Not a lot of pressure over there. Everyone expects them to, you know, you know, not win, compete. That would be good if they just showed up and competed. If you looked at all the players they drafted in the expansion draft, they went heavy on defensemen. And they went really heavy on two-way responsible forwards. They didn't go for the flashy draft or the flashy forwards who can go out there and score. They didn't go for the, the sexy picks. They went out and they methodically put together a team that is responsible, who can play the game the right way. And they plan to go out there and they plan to win games two to one, three to two. They're not going to go out there and outscore you. When your first line is Jordan Eberle, Jared McCann, and Jaden Schwartz, that's not a very scary first line. Then you have like the likes of um, Wenbergs and Yarnrarks and Donskoys and Sheens and all these Donatos. They're very responsible players because they have to be. They don't have the skill set to go out there and just dangle everybody and just be a one-dimensional player. They're all very responsible. They really invested in their back end with Vince Dunn, Adam Larson they stole from Edmonton, Giordano, Oleksiak. Uh, they're very good. I, I think they're going to be a really good defensive team. That's why I think Grubauer didn't get his due with Colorado. Everyone thought, oh, it's a system. He's a system. He's a system goalie. No, he's a very good goaltender. I think he's going to go to Seattle and prove it. And it, it would not surprise me if he – I don't think he'll win it, but he will get a lot of votes because I think Seattle will turn a lot of heads this year. Want to cover the Norris Trophy next? Yeah, might as well. Why don't you – here, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off because I think the obvious, you know, it's like the sexy pick, and I know you're going to go that route, so I'm not even going to do that. Much like Marc-Andre Fleury, I think it always behooves someone – you have to look at the situations. You have to look at the team, and you have to look at the opportunities players are going to have. It's like, okay – you really don't want to pick a player who has a, a guy riding shotgun with them who's going to steal votes from him. And, and it's very hard to kind of – Brent Burns has Eric Carlson. McCarr has Devin Taves and Gerard, And all these other guys have, have shot guys riding shotgun who might steal votes from them. Um, Heiskanen has Klingberg. There, there's a lot of really good duos around the league. That's why I'm going to pick a guy who went to a situation this year where he's really the top doc. There really isn't a guy on the team who can man the power play. He's going to get the share of the offensive zone face-offs. He, much like Mark Andre Fleury, like I said, is going to a situation where he's new. You know, there's not a lot to prove. He's going to a team that was not very good next year, but they have high expectations. It's my guy, Dougie Hamilton. You know, he, he, he's always in the conversation for the Norris. He's never really been in the top three in Norris votes. But if you, if you look at the votes at the end of the year, he's always in the top 10. Dougie's always around, you know, he, it's like a party and there's a guy being bombastic and loud and all the ladies are around him and stuff. And then there's like two rows back and there's Dougie. And then when you look at the pictures, like, Oh, look, there's Dougie's here. And that's how Dougie Hamilton is. He's, he's not the most loudest guy. He doesn't get the publicity. He doesn't get any of the accolades that he should. But Dougie's always there. He's like the Jay Bowmeister, but with more talent. So I'm picking Dougie Hamilton this year. I think this team is going to take another step. They're a year older. They're they're more experienced. 
I like the, I don't like the way they're made up, but I just think someone's got to score the goals in this team. And when you look at the back end, it's like, who's going to be the guy Ty Smith. Maybe they brought in Dougie to be the quarterback on the power play. He's going to be the one, a one B one C option. It wouldn't surprise me if he stays out for a minute and 45 seconds for Pete's sake. So he's going to get some points. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. And I think it's his year. You know, when guys, you know, it's their, it's their time. It's Dougie's time, baby. It's his time. I think Dougie Hamilton is my pick. My dark horse is a guy who's been there, done that. Like I said before, you know, a guy riding shotgun, he just lost everybody on his team. He lost Ellis. He's gone. He's the last dog. He's the last horse in the pasture. It's Roman Yossi. I like him in Nashville, much like Dougie Hamilton. He's going to get all the opportunity in Nashville. He's going to run every single power play they throw out there. He's an excellent defenseman. He's going to put up monster amounts of points. I think Nashville will have a bounce back here. They've been just garbage the last few years with such high expectations. I can't see them doing that again this year. I got Hamilton winning it. And if there is a guy who can come out of nowhere, it's going to be Roman Yossi. I almost went Eric Carlson. Because if there's a guy who really has something to prove, it's him. I just can't bring myself to. I, I think I think it's going to be Yossi. I'm not going to bag on Carlson, but I just think it's Yossi's going to be the guy who's going to surprise the people this year. Who do you got, Tim? Well, there's the there's the lack of like offense. I don't want to say lack of talent, but like you know, I don't think New Jersey is going to score a ton of goals this year. That doesn't that doesn't scare you off picking Dougie. Oh, it definitely does. But I think what helps him is that just say New Jersey scores 100 goals during the season, Dougie's going to be in on 70 of them. Yeah. So if you if you look at the percentage of his impact on a team, it's like wow, Dougie Hamilton really is a big part of this team because, like you said, they're they're not going to scare anybody with their forwards. They're not going to go out there and be an Edmonton Oilers juggernaut type of scoring team. But Dougie's going to get his points, you know. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the season if he's got 50, 60 points, and he's going to be in the conversation for a Norris. So that that's my reasoning behind that. Who do you got, Tim? Okay. Let me guess. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to dump on your picks. I always do that. And I feel bad later. I'm like, ah, I really was hard on Tim. No, you don't. go ahead. Tim. Go. Who do you got? Yeah, I know it's predictable, but I really do think I can't see anyone, but Kale McCarr winning the award this year. When you look at the talent that he has, the talent he's surrounded by, this team's going to score goals in bunches and he's going to be involved in all of them, especially now with Ryan Graves out of there, kind of maybe just rely a little bit more on the offensive side of the game. Oh, he's so good. I think he, he could have won last year. He didn't win. He came in second to, to Adam Fox. But I think Kale McCarr is going to run away and just be like, there's not even going to be a number two defenseman in the league this year. It'll be, it'll be Kale and everybody else. Um, my dark horse, a little bit of a homer pick, but Charlie McAvoy, I think, is going to show people uh, who he is. And I think he finished fifth last year in Norris Trophy voting. So he's like up there. Dougie was fourth, by the way. Um, but I think McAvoy, the, the, the knock on him, he doesn't necessarily put up the same points. As the guys of the Fox, Makar, Hedman's, all that. He's, I mean, he's not like a slouch or anything. He's probably a, a 40 to 55 point guy. Um, but he plays such a complete game. He's the lone ranger on that, on that Bruins defense. And the addition, he's been playing with Derek Forbort. He's like this big, strong, tall, defensive defenseman, which I think will open McAvoy up a little bit. Um, I don't love the pairing at first, but the idea of him being able to skate a little more and rely, you know, jump in the rush a little bit more with Forbert shutting it down in the back end could mean some of those points will come. So I think McAvoy, if he doesn't finish, you know, if he doesn't win, I, I expect him to be a, a finalist this year. Do, does it bother you how the Norris has just basically turned in whoever has the most points wins it? Because the definition of a defenseman is not points, right? And And the idea of a Norris is the top defenseman not the top scoring defenseman. It is the top defenseman. So does it irk you that it's like, okay, all the top picks, all the top guys are just the guys who put up points. and They don't take into account the person's defensive zone, like the responsibility, how good they are in the defensive zone. Or are you just like all in points? Uh, it doesn't bother me as a fan because like the, the, the points are with exciting, but I can imagine for you and like the other players when they're like, when you see like an Eric Carlson win a few years ago, and obviously he was put up stupid amount of points, but like, Hey, who would you rather play against him or, or like a Vlasic, right? Like Vlasic's a better, uh, you know, defensive defenseman. And he's the one he's going to shut you down. So I don't know. It's just different. It's probably for guys who have to play against those guys, they'd probably have a different perspective. Well, that's where, yeah, if, if I was really going to vote for a true defenseman, like the a Norris all-encompassing, there's a couple guys in the island who I like, Pelic and Pelic and Pollock, who are very, yeah. very good defensemen. Who I'm, They don't get their due, but they're really, really solid. And even the Carolina guys, Slavin and Pecci. Is it Pesci? Pesci? I don't know how to say his last Pesci. name. Pesci, yeah. But yeah, they're really good defensemen. They don't get their due, but man, uh, like if this award ever did 
factor in defensive zone, like how, how many times you start a face off in your defensive zone, the effectiveness of how good you are defensively, it would be a completely different award because when you do track where you start a shift, it, it factors in so much of your whole shift because you're out there for 45 seconds, maybe a minute tops. If you start in the offensive zone, it gives you such a better opportunity for offense. You get to start with the, if you, especially if you win the face off, it changes your whole shift. Whereas if you start in the defensive zone, you got to work your tail off to get the puck. You got to work your tail off to get it out of the zone. You got to bust your hump to get it in the zone. And then if you're lucky enough to have control of it, when you do get in the zone, you're gassed and you got to change. So it's a completely different, just animal, depending on where you start in, in the, in the ice. So I, I don't know. I don't think it'll ever get to that point because people love points and maybe that's too much. I'm thinking too much into it. But if you look at a guy, like, like I said, the Islanders guys, Pelich and Pollock, they start the majority of their time in the defensive zone. I would, I would guess. And they do the hard work. They, they carry the luggage for the other guys to get up there and then they go and score. So I would like to see one day where they really do acknowledge a really good defensive defenseman, a guy who just goes out there, shuts down the opposing team's first line, is on the penalty kill, blocks a ton of shots, and it's like, gosh, this guy's a really good defenseman. And it'll never happen because of Bobby Orr. Thank you, Bobby Orr. Changed the whole game. But um, it would be nice about, to see I think it's recognition for that. What about a new award, a different award? You have two defensive awards. Yeah, I don't. Well, because you have it for forwards, right? You have the Celtic yeah. best defensive forward. So maybe that's that's a good idea. What would they call it? Who's the best defensive defenseman ever? You know? Ever? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't You're know. You're a student but, of the game. But that's the thing. They don't get the recognition. The Radko Gudis? <laughs> guy barely crosses the red line, right, Radko? Friend of the show. He listens to us. Love that guy. We're going to get him on. We got to get him on, Tim. We should make a call because the season's around the corner. What team is he on? Philly? I think so. Billy. All right. Anyway, so we you got your Norris picks. I got my Norris picks. We got Makar McAvoy, Hamilton Yossi. Very good. Calder. You know, the Calder is a trophy where I think it's lost its its luster the last few years just based on who's won it. The the games players have played before they've won the Calder. Kaprizov won it last year, and he was a professional for Pete's sake four years before he even came to the NHL. So I take the Calder with a grain of salt because they're it is what it is. You know, they, they have rules in place and you can get around those rules by playing professional in other leagues. But who do you have winning the Calder this year? Let me guess. It's a guy who lit it up in the playoffs last year. Just kidding. Because <laughs> you know what's uh, funny? I knew who your picks were and I was going to pick these two guys and I had to pivot just so we could have something to talk about. Yeah. Who and you can, you, can, you can pick them too. So my, my prediction is, is, is probably everyone's prediction, Cole Caulfield. Um, I just, I don't know. It's a little bit of like a recency bias because we saw what he did in the playoffs. He scores goals. He's done it everywhere he's been. Um, and it's just fun to see that kind of talent in Montreal, which they haven't had in a few years. So, yeah, he's my prediction. My, my dark horse is, again, a little bit of a, of a bias and a homer pick, but more at Cider from Detroit. The knock on him, again, I don't think I see him putting up a ton of points. I think, I think if he scores, you know, 25, 30 points, that's a good year for him. But um, he's just so good, like in all situations. I was watching him at training camp, and he's just – they're, they're going to rely on him a lot, I think. They're going to give him the opportunity to earn those minutes, and I think he's going to do it. So he, he seems like he's ready. He's got a big frame. I think he's, you know, he's, he looks NHL ready. So I, I could see him being uh, in the running. Um, I, most likely he's probably not going to get the uh, nominated. I think Spencer Knight is another big name that I was kind of throwing around there, but I think he's a good dark horse pick. I agree. He, he, he'll be a good second D pairing. He's, he's slotted in right now with Nick Letty. So he's going to be good. He's going to be a good one in 10 years. The Red Wings will look back and be like, man, that's a pretty good pick. But anyways, all right, my picks. I was going to pick Caulfield. I think the award is his to lose. There isn't that many good offensive guys coming out right now. So you have to look two drafts prior to guys who maybe didn't get an opportunity this season to show their stuff. You know, usually the, the picks seventh overall down, they don't really make the jump to the NHL. So they go to the HL, they go wherever else, they hone their game. So these are guys that I'm going to pick. The LA Kings first round draft pick last year, Quentin Byfield. He's been getting rave reviews in camp. They were clamoring for him to get called up last year. They, they took their time with him. He's, he spent a lot of time with the Ontario Reign. He's a big, skilled forward. He's going to go out. He's a centerman. 
the the great thing about him, he doesn't have to be thrust into the first or second line position. They got Kopitar, they got Philip Deneau, they signed. So he's going to be on a third line role. He's going to slot in there. He's not going to get a crazy amount of minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes a game, maybe get a little power play time. And they're going to let him develop. He's going to be put on a line most likely with Dustin Brown, who's been around the league forever. You guys, I remember playing against him. He's a pain in the neck. But, you know, he, he will get some opportunities. And maybe if he outperforms Deneau, he can get bumped up to that second line. But I like Quinn Byfield. I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And gosh, he's a big, strong center. Much like Kirby Doc. Maybe not quite the same hands as a Kirby Doc, but very, very similar. So he's my pick behind Caulfield. I knew I had Caulfield first, but we can't just... We're, we're going to be similar, I think, going forward. There's other awards that... Anyways, my, my dark horse is a guy who played just just below the threshold of what it means to be a rookie. The definition of a rookie to win the award is playing 24 games, 25 games or less. So if you play 25 games, you're not a rookie. You can't win the uh, Calder. If you play 24 games, you can you can win the Calder. And guess what? This guy played 24 games last year with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. His name is Trevor Zgrass, and he played well last year. Not great, but you know he, he played well. The great thing about him not like Quentin Byfield. He's going to get every opportunity he has. He's going to be slotted in on the first line right away with Raquel and Comtois. Comtois? Comquad? What's that? How do you say his last name? Do you know? Comtois. You said it right the first time. Comtois? <laughs> Is that it? Comtois. 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 Yeah. Whatever. Comtois. It's, it's a silly last name. But anyways, Trevor Zgrass? I'm so... Like, what is... Can we not have I think it's Zgrass. Zgrass. Zagros, I like him. He's going to be the centerman for that team. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's a good, shifty centerman. So I like him. He's my dark horse. Byfield's my first guy, but Caulfield's going to win it. It's it's a no-brainer. It's already locked in. There's very few awards this year that you can set it and forget it, much like the uh, – what's that infomercial? Set it and forget it. I think it's like the air fryer or something. Yeah, whatever. This one, this next award, Tim, we shouldn't even talk about it. It's the MVP. I have Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's going to win it for the next 10 years. There's no one that's going to supplant him. It's his the only way he doesn't win this is if he gets injured. That's the only possible way he doesn't win this at all. My dark horse is Panarin. I don't even know why I'm having a dark horse because it's McDavid's to lose. He should etch his name on this trophy, much like Wayne Gretzky did 25, 30 years ago. This will be McDavid's trophy to lose every single year. Isn't it funny that one team has just dominated the uh, Hart Trophy. Dreinsignal won it three years ago. McDavid won it last year. McDavid won it like, six years ago, I think. Gretzky won it a million times. Like, I wonder if you t- take the amount of teams that have won the Hart. Edmonton has to be running away with it. I, w- I would imagine since they've came into the league. But that's my pick, McDavid, forever, until infinity. That It's, it's Connor McDavid's trophy, and he's just they're just going to leave it in his house because there's no way anybody else has a chance to win this trophy. Don't even try to argue for somebody else to. I don't want to hear it. Unless McDavid gets hurt. Who do you got? Who do you got? Should we, Let me should I even talk? Or Marshawn. Marshawn. Prosternock. Yeah. Uh, my pick, I mean, I guess, yeah, McDavid, it's, it's his to lose. But I, I have Nathan McKinnon. I think he's going to have a monster year. He's been nominated three times. He hasn't won yet. He's given second once. But I think he's going to have a big, big season. Um, and I think he just, I don't know. I could see him finishing second in points this year behind McDavid and probably like 25 points behind. But um, if it's not McDavid, I, Nathan McKinnon is my pick. My dark horse, which is a bit of a dark horse, is Matthew Barzal. I see the Islanders being uh, an absolute wagon this year. I think they're going to take a big step forward. I see him having being – so he <laughs> – just let it happen. He's had good years, but he hasn't really like lit the lamp point-wise. Like he's obviously an impact player when he's on the ice, but – I haven't seen him being a point per game player yet. So I think he could be actually his rookie year. He did, but I could see him being like a 90 to hundred point player. Um, I think he's going to take a big step forward and hopefully that's enough to be a dark horse for me. But again, like you said, it's McDavid's to lose. What's a monster year for McKinnon? A uh, monster year, like 120 plus points. How many points? What's the most points you think he's had in a season McKinnon? Don't look at your computer. Yeah. Uh, I bet he's like high nineties. I don't think he's at a hundred yet. Has he's never he? even had a hundred points. Okay. So I, I, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get an argument going, but a monster year for McKinnon is like 112 points, 120 points. That's a monster year 
for Nathan McKinnon. All I'm saying is Connor McDavid, he had 100 points last year and it wasn't even a full season. So like a monster year for McDavid, it's 200 points. You see how it's just, we're comparing apples to like what's like grass. They're not even in the same species. <laughs> McDavid is just a stud. The only guy who I think can supplant McDavid potentially is Dreinsidel. That's the only guy he can, you know, kind of siphon off some of his goals. Maybe it, that's the only guy who I think can maybe beat McDavid in points. Okay. What if Matthew has like 65 goals? Is he, is he going to supplant McDavid? Well, what does McDavid finish with? Just say Matthews okay. has 65 goals and 40 assists. He has 110 whatever points. points. Yeah. Okay. And then McDavid's got like 155 points. You go with the 155. You like the, the create. Yeah. You can't just get rid of assists. I think if McDavid has exponentially more points, you got to go with McDavid. If, if they're closer, if McDavid has like 20 points more, then I go with Matthews. But the, the crazy stat is Wayne Gretzky has more assists than anybody has points total. So assists mean something like it's, 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 I don't know. It's McDavid's to lose. There's no way he will not win the MVP for the next three years. I will bet anybody, anybody, and he'll be the first repeat MVP since Ovechkin, I think a decade ago, he won it uh seven, eight, eight, nine or six, seven, seven, eight. Why is, um, I got a joke. Why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Damn, my kids love that one. It's, isn't it a good one? It's a very <laughs> clean, friendly joke. Is it? Is it an older one? How do you make a tissue dance? Put a little boogie in it. All right. <laughs> you know what? All this food talk with boogies is making me hungry. You know what I do when I'm hungry? I go to DoorDash. I go to DoorDash.com or I go to, on my phone and I hit up DoorDash to get myself some food. I don't like going to restaurants. Everywhere I go, I get noticed. I get mobbed by people. Everywhere I go. I'm a celebrity. I'm a big deal. Tim? you're the opposite. Your face is disgusting. You don't want to be seen in public. So we have similar problems with different reasons. We like to stay in our house and get food. What we do is we go to DoorDash. You go now, jump on the app, go to DoorDash.com. If you're in the USA, enter promo code GlovesDDUS, get you 25% off, no delivery fees on your first order, and you can have food delivered right to your house, restaurants and everything. It's just easy food. It makes it super easy for you. If you're in Canada, just enter promo code GlovesDD. You get the same deal, 25% off, no delivery fees. It's a beautiful thing. So go to DoorDash.com or use it on your phone, which I'm guessing you're going to do. Download the app, enter our promo code. Does us a favor. Does yourself a favor. Does your belly a favor. DoorDash.com, everybody. All right, Tim, what else are we doing here? Um, We should do some team stuff, too. Yeah, let's do the since we're back to the the traditional divisions, we have the Atlantic, the Atlantic, the Metro, the Central, the Pacific. Let's do some predictions. Obviously, like I said at the start of the show, my predictions are usually just terrible. So take my predictions with a grain of salt. Actually, all my predictions, just consider them last place teams. So let's look at the Eastern Conference first, because I consider the Eastern Conference the juggernaut of the NHL now. It's it's funny how it shifts from decade to decade, because when I was in the league, the Western Conference was so incredibly strong. You had Chicago and Vancouver and Calgary and Anaheim and L.A. and San Jose and Dallas was good. And the Eastern Conference was just there was a few decent teams. And now it's completely reversed itself where the East is just so many dangerous teams in the East. And the West, there's nobody out West, Tim. When I when we went to look at the Stanley Cup contenders and who's going to come out of the West for the Stanley Cup, there's really, it's a two-horse race. There's nobody else to think about other than Vegas and Colorado. It, and I, it's really a stretch to say, well, if Edmonton has a good season, if, if Vancouver puts it together, maybe if, if St. Louis can get their act together, there's no other teams that I can think of who can really make a case to say they're Stanley Cup contenders. So we'll get to them in a second. Let's 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 stick with the East. Let's stick with the Atlanta Atlantic Division. Who do you have? Because in my mind, the Atlantic are they the strongest division of the four? What do you think, Tim? Uh, they're certainly up there. They probably have the strongest, maybe top couple of teams. They have some weak teams in their, in this conference as well in this division. But um, in my head, I think probably. Yeah, they're up there. I would, I, I would probably pick Tampa to win this division. I know it sounds a little bit of a, of a an easy pick, but just looking at that roster and and what they've done, and yeah, I, I can't really see anyone else winning that winning that division. 
That's it. You're just going Tampa. You're not even going to explain it. You're just saying, I- I'm picking Tampa. Well, they're the that's best it. team. They're the best team by far. I mean, this is the team feel- that won the, the last two Stanley Cups, John. And they, and they haven't lost any key players off that roster. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to pick Tampa, but I'm not going to because I feel like they have, you know what, they've won it. They're going to have some kind of hangover, and they have lost a few players. They they got a little bit gutted. They lost Gaudreau. They lost Coleman. They lost Johnson. They lost a couple defensemen. So there will be some transition there with Tampa Bay. They don't have the super deep forward group that they had in years past. And having two long Stanley Cup runs, that does wear on you a little bit. I'm picking a team that's going to be really, really hungry. I, I looked in all of their eyes, like you like to say. They're starving. What does it mean to be hungry, John? They just want to win, and they want to eat cereal out of the Stanley Cup. So, and then okay. they have, they have a feel good story now on a guy they brought in who I think is 52 years old. Now it's the Florida Panthers. They, they were very successful last year. I think it, they caught a lot of people off guards with how good they were. So they're coming in, they know how to win. They picked up a couple good pieces in Reinhardt and Joe Thornton, and they have a very underrated defensive core with Wagner and Ekblad and Forsling and Montour. Radko Gudis is there as well. I misspoke, said he was a Philly. He's in Florida now. So they, they got a pretty good you know, group there on the back end. I think the biggest factor for them last year, Bobrovsky was terrible. You know, he he didn't play up to his his talent. He went there, he signed a big $10 million deal. He was going to be the guy. And Drager came in and totally just took over his starting job. He outperformed him. Drager's gone now. Bobrovsky, it's his net to lose. They have Spencer Knight, obviously you mentioned. But if Bobrovsky can revert back to the goaltender he was two, three, four years ago, Florida's going to be a really hard team to beat. And I know Tampa Bay's there. I know Toronto's there. I know it's a very good division. I just, I, I almost picked Toronto, but it, I just think Florida, it's their year. You have Montreal Canadiens. They add a lot of good pieces this year. They're very deep themselves, but my pick's going to be Florida. And I know they're the, not the sexiest team coming out of that division. They don't have the superstar power that other teams do, but when you can have Barkov, you know, right down the middle, number one, you have Sam Bennett, who's going to have a full season in Florida, kind of learn the systems, get to know the guys. He's a very, very hard guy to play against. You have Joel Thornton going to slot in on the third or fourth line. They're just a really good, they have some young pieces. Duclair, you know, played really well last year. I don't know. I just like Florida. I like where they're at. It's obviously, Tampa is going to be a hard out. Toronto is going to be a hard out. Boston, who knows, you know, how that's going to figure out that situation, whether they're going to get their second line back in order, where their scoring is going to come from, other than that perfection line. But I like Florida, like I said. I like this division. I think this is the second-best division in the NHL. And gosh, Florida is my team. I know they're not going to get a lot of picks, but and did I just – is this the kiss of death? Is now Florida not going to play good? And, you know, this is it for them? I like to go a little bit off – Everyone's going to pick Toronto and Tampa Bay. I do think Florida people are sleeping on them a little bit. They have a really good team. They picked up Reinhardt, who might be the best pickup this offseason. And they get Jumbo Joe, who's just a feel-good story. I don't know. I just think, am I, am I overthinking this? Am I, am I hoping Florida's going to be too good? I think they're really good. And I think you're actually underselling Spencer Knight, too. This, this is John Chains that he's the starting goalie, you know, for the duration of the season. Like, he's already, we've already seen what he can do in the playoffs. Bobrovsky, I mean, he's making all that money, so I don't know if they're, they're going to want to like waste that on the bench. But I think Knight might be a better goalie right now, let alone for the future. So, yeah, this is a really strong team that'll be a lot of fun to watch. I just, I mean, it's just such a tough division because they could just as easily miss the playoffs, especially now that they have your endorsement. But like, they could easily finish behind Toronto, Tampa, Bruins, and then maybe Montreal. even like, yeah, miss a wild card spot. So yeah, it, it's just it's a tough, it's a tight race up there. Do you know how the playoff seating is going to go back? Does it go back to just the four in the division? I can't remember how they're doing it this year. I don't know offhand. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. But let's move on to the other just massive. Everyone's take is the best division in hockey, the Metropolitan Division. There is just, there is a weak link in this division, but I think top to bottom, this team is just, this division is really, really strong. There's a lot of good teams. It's young. It's exciting. Who do you have coming out of this division? I think we have the same team, just the team that did the most work this offseason. All right, take it away, Tim. Who do you got? The Metro? I, so this one is interesting to me because I, 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 you look at the list of teams on paper and you're like, yeah, this might be the strongest division. But, I mean, Pittsburgh is missing Crosby and Malkin. They're going to have Jeff Carter as their number one center for like two months, which I, I don't think they're winning a ton of games to start the season off. I know they're typically late bloomers and they, they get hotter as the season goes along, but – 
I don't love them this year. I think Washington is just going to take a step back as well. I mean, the the Rangers, I, I like them. The Flyers, I haven't figured it out. Hurricanes got worse, losing Nedeljkovic and Hamilton. I like the Islanders. I, you know, it's 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 kind of the obvious pick here. And watching what they did in the playoffs, and they the group they have that they have arguably the two the best goalie tandem in the league with Sorokin and Varlamov, and the really two number ones. I, there's just no weak spot. They're so deep. Um, the defense can join the rush and score points. They also can shut you down. Like Pelic is arguably the best shutdown defenseman in the league right now. I think Barzal, like I said, is going to have a big year for him. So yeah, I, I see these guys being the the cream of the crop in the Metro. I agree. I think just this off season, they had a lot of guys who were going to be up for RFAs and UFAs. They retained every one of their players. They brought in some veteran presence in Parise and Chara, they're, they're just a really good team top to bottom, like you said. I think that's going to be a really huge addition this year. Teams that have can roll four lines and not tax guys, especially with the Olympics, it's going to be a condensed schedule. It's going to be more condensed in COVID where there's just going to be a lot of games in a short amount of time. So anytime you can have a team that can roll the lines, you don't have to worry about who's out there. You can just be confident that your fourth line, Martin, Sezikis, and Clarterbuck is going to be just as effective as your first line with Lee, Barzal, and Palmieri. So I just like this Islanders team. There's no weak link. Like you said, their goaltending duo is really, really strong. Sororkin surprised a lot of people last year. He was he was lights out. And then when you can throw Varlamov as your first goaltender, it's just they're a dangerous team. I, I don't know where their weakness is. When I look at this roster, you got to be strong through the middle. they got Barzal, Nelson, Gabriel Pajot, and Suzikas. Like, find me a better a team that has a better, you know, starting four centerman. I really don't know if, if there's one. If there is a weakness, it might be their three, four, four, five, uh, three, four, five, six defensemen with Green, Dobson, Char, and Mayfield. Maybe Char and Mayfield are bigger bodies. Maybe they can't navigate the ice like they used to, but that's stretching. That that's a stretch. And when you're saying that Char and Mayfield are your potential weakness, Char, we bag on him a little bit. He gets the job done. Like he, he's been around the block. He's not going to give up the big play. I. <sighs> I wanted to pick the Rangers. They're very exciting. They have very electric forwards. Fox is coming into his own. Hopefully they can have breakout years from Lafreniere and Capo Kaka can maybe get his act together, but I just couldn't do it. You know, they too have some good goaltenders in Shashurkin, but um, I don't know. The Islanders are really, really strong, Tim. They are my pick coming out of the Metro- Metropolitan. But like you said, this division, it's a murderer's role. You have the Carolina Hurricanes, who I think – are just as good as they were last year. Yeah, they lost Dougie Hamilton. They still made a lot of good moves. They brought in Sebastian Ajo. They lost um, their number one, but they bring in Anti Ranta, Ranta to replace Nedjokovic. Do you practice those names at night? <laughs> Every night, 10 minutes in do, front of the mirror. Do you yeah. go practice them before we come on air just to make sure you know how to pronounce them? No, I just know how to pronounce names. I don't. <laughs> I'm not good. I need to. I need to do some work. But I, they, they have still the one of the best defensive corps. Carolina that was Slav and Petchy, Brady Shea. They got D'Angelo, like I talked about last episode. He's gonna as long as he doesn't go crazy, he's gonna be a good addition to their lock their roster. So there's just the Capitals. Can they figure it out? Can they get back to their Stanley Cup winning ways? I don't think they will. The Penguins. Malkin's gonna be out. Crosby's obviously injured, but Crosby lugs himself some Olympics, so you know he's gonna be firing at all cylinders of Flyers. They made a lot of moves this offseason. They got Derek Broussard, Nate Thompson, Cam Atkinson. Who else did they get? Keith Yandel. They got Ryan Ellis and Arista Line. Like they got a lot of new guys for that team. So we'll see how they gel. But if if Carter Hart plays up to his potential, the Flyers could be right in the mix of you know everything. And then the, the Devils will be down at the bottom and so will the Blue Jackets, that train record, the Columbus Blue Jackets. But I'd say the top six teams, you could make a case for any one of those teams coming out of this division and being, you know, legit Stanley Cup contender. But as it stands right now, the Lula Morello, they have one of the best defensive teams in the league and they could put goal, goals up, you know, they, they can do it on both ends of the ice and they can win in a bevy of ways. So I like the New York Islanders. They're going to be tough to beat this year. They got the new rink. They're going back to long Island. They got just a lot of things going for them. Zidane Char, They got a lot of guys who would love to see lift that cup again. So I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I don't have a TV, Tim. Did you know that? Oh, uh, yeah. You talk about it every episode. But you know what's great is there's things you can do now to watch sports on your phone or your iPad or your computer. And we are very lucky to have a new sponsor on the show. It's ESPN Plus. 
Now this works great for me because I don't have a TV, like I said, so I can just stream everything onto my computer, but you can stream it on your TV with all the smart TVs and stuff. But ESPN plus it has become a must have for hockey fans. ESPN is back in the hockey game. Gone are the days of watching on the, the lifetime network or this and that the games are on ESPN baby. And more importantly, they're on ESPN plus join up ESPN plus and you get access to more than 1000 out of market NHL games and 75 weekly national games all season. Plus, you can stream thousands of live events from the best leagues and biggest tournaments in the world, not just hockey. You can get exclusive originals, the whole 30 for 30 library, which is unbelievable. You get premium articles and fantasy tools and more with ESPN Plus. So you got to sign up now on ESPNplus.com forward slash NHL forward slash gloves. It's insane. I'm, I have it already because I'm watching all my games on ESPN. There's a doubleheader on October 12th. You don't want to miss it. Pitt, Tampa, Seattle, Vegas. It's going to be unbelievable. Tim, I'm getting it. Do you have it yet, Tim? No, I'm definitely getting it, though, because I don't have a I don't have a uh, I have a TV. I don't have cable. So this is my oh, way God. of watching hockey. Cables out the door. They charge you up the yin yang. I'm not even doing the ad anymore. Cables like I haven't had cable in a year and a half. Just mind you be, because we don't have a TV. But even before that, we got rid of cable. You get yourself some Netflix. You get yourself some Hulu. Where do you get your sports from? ESPN Plus. You can get all the sports streamed live on your computer, on your TV, on your tablet, whatever you want to do. Go to ESPN.com, enter ESPNplus.com forward slash NHL forward slash gloves. Get yourself the newest exciting NHL action and you help us out a little bit because I love myself some ESPN Plus. But you know what I love more? A little green in my pocket. And whenever you guys sign up, it does me a solid. So go to ESPN Plus. You will not be sorry. All right, let's do the last two divisions, Tim. Who do we got next? The Central. This is this is the Connor McDavid scenario. Should we even bother? There's one juggernaut in the central and all the other teams are just playing catch up. Who did you take? Let me guess. Colorado avalanche. Who did I take? Let me guess. Colorado avalanche. Now, why did you take the abs tip? I mean, they're just the best team bar none. I, I think it might be a little bit closer than you, than you think though. Just because like, I think Chicago's going to have a good year. They're not in Colorado's level, but I don't think they're like worth dismissing completely. I think the stars could take a step forward. I think the Minnesota wild gets slept on a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the Winnipeg jets and Nashville, uh, Winnipeg Jets and St. Louis Blues, I mean, are both teams that I think could have good years. So I don't think it's quite as as, as run away with it. It's not a McDavid level of uh, obvious pick. But, yeah, Colorado, I think, is is the team in this conference. They have the the strongest forward group, the strongest defense. And then even if um, – I think I – think, uh, who's their goalie? Temper will be good. And even if he does get hurt, Frank Kush is a really good goalie as well. So, yeah, Colorado is my pick in this division. I don't really see any way that they don't finish number one. Yeah, it's it's a no-brainer. Like you said, I, I I think Chicago will compete. Winnipeg is probably the next best team. Dallas is going to take a step back. There's no teams that scare me other than the Avalanche. This is – it's not as clear-cut as the next division we're going to talk about is who's the best team. But, you know, St. Louis, they're always fun. But they've, they've taken steps back every single year since they won the Cup. They're not the same team they were. Minnesota, you know, they, they got Caprice off. He's a really good team. They still are going to be searching for scoring other than that first line like they were in the playoffs last year. So if Colorado doesn't come out of this division, if they don't make a long playoff run and make the Stanley Cup finals, Bedard's got to go. That's their coach. The heads need to roll because they've been really sticking with this group for three, four years now, and they need to, they need to take the next step. You know, they've, they've had that label as a Stanley Cup contender for a few years now. And they haven't done anything with it. It's time. Much can be said with the Vegas Golden Knights. So whoever comes out of the West, they have to win the Stanley Cup. Like it's their year. You have to slay the dragon of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's a big year for Colorado. They, they really need to just take that next step. They're still set up for salary cap, but they have a lot of UFAs after this year. Burakovsky, Kadri, Nesachuchkin. They they have some guys who are going to need new deals. They they picked up some veteran guys to kind of hold down the fort in the fourth line and Darren Helm. And um, who else did they get? I can't remember who they got, but they, they, it's a good team. If Kadri can stay out of the suspension box for the playoffs, he's a big, you know, cog to that team. But, you know, Colorado, it, it has to be Colorado. So moving on to the next division, who is just, it's even worse than the Central. Like the Pacific is... I feel bad. You know what I mean? I, I don't like talking about negative things. I, I don't like really pigeonholing a division, but if, if you're going to take a division who is just going to be the redheaded stepchild of the NHL, it's the Pacific division. They have one team that's dangerous. I'll go first. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. They didn't lose anybody. They didn't really gain anybody. They picked up Nolan Patrick. They got Cody Glass, Glass out of Vegas. So they're going to have a few new faces, 
But all in all, it's the same same team. Lanner is their starter, their unquestionable starter. He's going to get the lion's share of goaltending. It, like who who are you facing? Edmonton Oilers. I, I was on an Edmonton podcast the other day, and I I was getting ripped because they were trying to talk up how good Edmonton is. They go, we got Cody Cece. I'm like, yeah, he sucks. Oh, we got Duncan Keith. Love Duncan. He's not the same player as he was 10 years ago. Oh, we got Warren Fogle. McLovin, like he's not going to move the needle. We got Zach Hyman. Like he's a really great grinder. You know, oh, you know, Mike Smith's going to be great. You think a goaltender who's pushing 40 is going to, you know, replicate, duplicate an amazing season he had last year. It's There's too many question marks with Edmonton. LA is still trying to find itself out. Vancouver is the only team, if they do gel, like we talked about earlier, they got Hughes, they got Pedersen, they got really great forward crew. They could be their only contender. That's the Halak, Demko. Can they be a number one is or number one there? I don't know. The Flames, they're just a train wreck. Why is there so much drama out of the Flames? I don't know. They have good players. They're not going to really make any noise. Seattle Kraken, it's an expansion team. The Sharks are just bad forever. And the Ducks, they're in a rebuild. They're, they're trying to get Jack Eichel. That's not going to happen. So it's Vegas's to lose, and they won't lose it. So I'm taking who – do, who do you have to tell us? Yeah, it's Vegas, and this is the worst division. I'll be the one to say it. This, is, this division is a train wreck. I, I like Vancouver. I like the Oilers. Um, I would probably pick Calgary as the fourth team in, in, if I'm picking playoff teams. But this is Vegas's division. And I think you're right. Like the pressure with Vegas and Colorado, it's on. Like this is it's 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 put up or shut up time. I think these guys, I, and Vegas has been there before. Obviously, Colorado hasn't. So I think I think Vegas's expectations are are that they they want to win the cup. Colorado wants to be there, but more importantly, you need to see a, 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 a deeper run out of these guys. But yeah, it's Vegas's division. I don't really see a close second place there. I think when you look at the, the players, I think Vegas does have, in my opinion, a better team. I, I think their forwards are more electric. They're they have a grittier, maybe fourth line with Roy, Carrier, and Colasar. I, I, I like Vegas's team. If Patrick can, you know, can find some of that skill and stuff that he showed glimpses of in Philadelphia, he's a big body. He could be a good third line centerman for them. I like their defense more. So if if you're just looking at, te- I like Vegas more. I, I think coming out of the West. So let's let's get to the, you know, the predictions. Who's going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals and who's going to be your winner? I, I, I'll I'll go with mine. I have Vegas Golden Knights versus Toronto Maple Leafs. So I, I think it's the Leafs year. I, I think they're going to slay some dragons. I think they're going to put it all together. I know this is surprising for people to hear, and I'll probably bag on them, you know, during the season, but they have to win, right? They, they have to win at some point. I think Tampa Bay, like I said, they lost a few guys. There's going to be a Stanley Cup hangover. Maybe the motivation isn't there. I like Florida. I like the Islanders. I like the Rangers. I like the Bruins. I like all these other teams. It's going to be really tough sledding. Whoever's going to come out of the East, but I just think the Leafs, you know, they've been everybody just whipping boy for the longest time. I think last year that unceremonious exit versus Montreal, they're they're fed up. I think Marner's going to come and he's going to be a man on a mission this year. Austin Matthews is going to have a healthy wrist. He's going to be nice and solid. They're going to put Nick Ritchie riding shotgun. He's going to protect them a little bit, and they just have a solid team. They, they top to bottom, they're very very good. Their defense. Maybe a question mark. Maybe it, it'll come down to goaltending. Ken Campbell and Razik really hold down the fort. Do they have to hold down the fort? They're just a really good team. So I like the Leafs. I like the Vegas Golden Knights. I'll tell you my Stanley Cup winner after Tim tells us who's going to be in the Stanley Cup. Tim, who do you got? I have two different teams. I have Colorado versus the Islanders in the Stanley Cup. I think, like I said, I expect Colorado to kind of slay that dragon a bit and finally go on that deep run they've been wanting to go on. And the Islanders, I think, have, have shown that they can they can hang with any team in the league. And I think this is the year they get past Tampa Bay and and reach the Stanley Cup Finals. So I think that would be a matchup that would be a blast to watch. Um, like the high-powered offense and the that front-loaded talent versus arguably the deepest and most defensively sound team in the league. So I think that would be a great series to watch. Who do you think, so before, your... before we pick our winners, who do you think has more pressure on them this year, Colorado or, or Toronto? I think Toronto, always. Just because of the market, just because – the players, I think Toronto will always have more pressure than most teams in the NHL. And that's what makes it hard to win in Toronto. There's just, yeah. it's a constant barrage of just media attention. It's nonstop. Whereas in Colorado, you can go on a three, four game skid and there's one reporter reporting on it. If you get out of bed weird and you have a bad hairstyle in Toronto, like people are like, what's going on? I remember f- one time Phil like took a bad picture and he's like, oh, he's just and that. Like people just assume things and they just take things and they run with it. So it's very, very hard to win in Toronto. 
I remember playing against them and the guys like, they just looked miserable after if they were like loophole and Fanuf and those guys, they just looked worn out. We talked to Mike Brown a year ago and he's like, it was hard to play in Toronto just because it's nonstop 24 seven. You have no time to just turn it off. Like you're always under the microscope in Toronto. So it makes it very hard to win, but boy, if they do win heads up, like you're going to be, they're, they're going to have a parade every day for you in Toronto. If, if you win there, like they haven't won a Stanley cup in 40, 50 years. So it'll be a, Big, big thing if they win the cup. So you have Colorado Isles. I have Vegas and the Leafs. Who do you got winning the cup, Tim? I have Colorado. I think this is the oh, year. No. I think I think Nathan McKinnon, if he doesn't win the uh, the Hart Trophy, maybe he wins the uh, the Conn Smythe. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got him and the Colorado finally slaying the Dragon this year. You just have a man crush on Colorado. You love McCarr. You love McKinnon. You, you've you always been all about Colorado. It's very funny. You're very I loyal. I picked them the last three years, I think. Yeah, you're very loyal. I, I have um, the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, much to the chagrin of all the Leafs fans, they'll get there. They'll get to the dance. But they're going to be left at the altar. They're going to be the bridesmaid, never the bride. So I think the Knights, they just have a better team. I think Toronto is very, very good. I think the Knights top to bottom. They got the grit. They got the toughness. They got the sandpaper you need to win in the playoffs. I like their defense. They're, they're a really strong team. So they got Leonard. I think he's a Vesna candidate. He's going to be a really good goaltender. I don't know. I got the Knights. That's my pick. Colorado, Vegas, can't go wrong. I think the West, they're going to have a cakewalk through the playoffs. They're going to be a little more fresher. And they'll just have that motivation of losing the last few years. Whoever comes out of the West, Colorado or Vegas, I think one of those two teams will win the Stanley Cup. But I think going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. So that being said, every one of their players are going to get injured or get COVID and they're going to forfeit the season and Vegas will not win anything. <sighs> All right. The game's over, Tim. You know what? You know what that means? It's time, for the mean? car ride. it's time for the car ride home. Oh. It's our new weekly segment where, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. We've all been on road trips. We've been on tournaments where, you know, at the end of the night, it's the end of the weekend, we're getting in the car and it's just, oh, I'm really excited. You know, we're going to stop off. We're going to do, you know, hit up a McDonald's on the way home. Well, guess what? We're not going to McDonald's today. I'm talking to you, Austin Watson. We're not going to Tim Hortons. You're not, you're not getting to Timmy's. I didn't really care for what you did, Austin Watson, in the preseason game versus Montreal Canadiens. Did you see this, Tim? I did not. I don't know what this is. So Austin, 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 there, there is something to be said about a little composure. You know, he, he goes out and he's the tough guy in Ottawa. He's trying to cement his role as Mr. Man. It's the preseason. You're playing your big rivals in the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, that being said, your, your teammates can stick up for themselves. There was a situation where someone in Montreal, you know, got the better of a guy in Ottawa. Maybe it wasn't a fair fight. Maybe the guy didn't drop his gloves. It was a scrum. It happened. We've seen throughout the years, Austin, if you want to be a man, you go up and you look someone in the eye and you say, let's do this. Let's fight. And you drop your gloves and you fight. You don't chase them around. You don't grab them from behind. You don't throw your gloves off and, and tackle them like a, like a calf at the rodeo. It's dangerous. It's not professional. It, it goes against everything. I, uh, the code that I tried to, you know, uphold when I played, the played in the NHL and it, you know, this is the tough conversation to have with you, Austin, but if you're going to continue to do this, you're not going to be a league very long because they're trying to get this out of the, out of the, out of the league. Rightfully so. It's a bad look. You're not Tom Wilson. You don't have the skill set to back this up. The NHL is going to come down hard on you. You're lucky this kid who you grabbed from behind didn't get hurt. Cause if he did, you'd be looking at a 20, 30 game suspension. So let's, let's figure out it's a preseason. I know we're all excited. You haven't played hockey in a long time. Ottawa was out early last year. You didn't make the playoffs. So, Let's, you know, get on the right track. We still got a lot of time to kind of prove ourselves. So, Austin, I know I know this is tough to hear, but we need to be better. If you want to fight a guy, I know you like fighting. Look him in the eye. Be a man. Say, kid, let's fight. You got to pay the piper and I'm the piper. I'm Austin Watson. I'm going to be, if you're going to be the tough guy, you got to do tough things. And that means looking someone in the eye and asking him to fight, not being a chicken, you know what, and grabbing him from behind and trying to be the tough guy in the Ottawa centers because it ain't going to fly. Look that up to him. It was, it was just a bad look. Sorry, Austin. Get out of the car. You're a joke. Do it better the next time. If you want to be a tough guy, be a tough guy the real way. Don't jump someone from behind. I don't think I've ever jumped someone from behind. You know, there's maybe Tim Jackman, maybe, but I, I faced up to him first and then I beat him up. So it is what it is. I, I didn't really like that look. It's preseason. You got to set the tone. I get it. But at least give the kid a chance to like drop his gloves. He jumps him from behind and hog ties him. And then he just like chokes him from behind. It was a weird, it was a weird situation. Yeah, I just watched it. 
I just watched it. But John, as usual, the car ride home, you're, you're tough, but fair. I feel like I, I needed to hear that and I will do better next time. I think you should. I think, you know, I don't like coming down so hard on you and hopefully in the future, there'll be good car ride home. We know we can go, we can get a little popsicle, maybe get a little ice cream treat, but right now, no, we're going right home and you're going right to bed. So I'm sorry, Austin. All right, Tim, tell us about Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper or redraft leagues. You can create a joiner league, invite your buddies, and dominate your draft this season, which I plan on doing. My keeper league, I've got like four out of the top eight picks. I plan on just absolutely dominating the draft. And Fantrax offers plenty of features that the likes of ESPN and Yahoo don't. Take that from me. Um, check out their site to learn more. Fantrax is a top dynasty hot fantasy hockey platform in the industry, period, bar none. Go to Fantrax.com forward slash DTG to register. You could even win an autographed Nathan McKinnon jersey. And we've already said that I can I can enter for that. So I'm going to, and I'm going to be hoping, crossing my fingers that that's me. But knowing my luck, it probably won't be. It'll probably be you. All you have to do is sign up at Fantrax.com forward slash DTG. Exactly. Check it out, everybody. And don't forget to write a review for us, Tim. I don't know, five stars. But anyways, thanks, everybody, for joining us. That's our last Fantrax ad for a while. There's a lot of fan tracks apps. We have really the rest of the week. Oh, we're, we're, we're pumping them still. Yeah, just go to fan tracks. We don't have to do these ads anymore. If, we, if everybody signs up for fan tracks, we don't have to do the ads. It works out good. All right. We got Frank Cervelli coming in on Wednesday, Tim. That's exciting. He's like Mr. Hockey now. He's the guy. He's him. He took over Bob McKenzie's throne. So he, he is the guy. He's got the Rolodex. His phone is just littered with NHL players. I thought I wanted to be that guy, but I don't. I don't like. I don't like asking people for things. So uh, we're going to pick his brain, who he thinks, you know, is going to have a good season, any insider information, how the negotiations went with Pedersen and Hughes, what the deal is with Ico, what the deal is with Brady Kachuk, get some kind of information that not everybody gets to know. Cause it's Frank Cervelli. He's plugged into everything. So check that out on Wednesday. Thanks for supporting everybody. Have a good rest of your week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.